All right, guys, here we are back with another business breakthrough. And in today's episode, I'm here with Byron Stoddard. He is a future painting business owner and wanted to get some information on what he needed to do to get started. He's in a really unique situation. I mean, I think it would be cool if we all were in his situation when we first started. He has the unique ability to pick and choose where he wants to start his business. So we dived in a little bit about where he's going to start his business, but more importantly, what he needs to do to get prepared because uh, he's currently working his full-time job right now. So really great episode for those of you wanting to start out. And uh, this is a awesome business breakthrough that starts right now. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right, they're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener, it's so much better, and that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time, and that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat, and that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets Podcast. All right. What's going on, everyone? I'm here with Byron Stoddard, uh, a podcast listener, reached out to me. Uh, has a, a unique situation. I thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to work through it. You know, um, his company Silk Painting. And where are you out of? Where's the Where's home base? Uh, so my home base is Louisiana. I'm actually okay. traveling for work right now, so I don't. Okay. I haven't started the company yet. Gotcha. Um, that's why I reached out to you because yeah, I'm wanted to build Game the mindset plan. and the framework yeah. before I jump into it's anything. important man you know if anything i'll just give you a perspective a direction kind of want to know you know why the painting business yeah so I've, I've done a bunch of different construction jobs i did a, a year as an electrical apprentice and i've worked as a handyman for a property management company and i did a lot of painting so um i think watching a lot of uh, business owners fail because i worked under a lot of contractors that didn't understand some of the things that you teach um, kind of pushed me away from that, but actually um, reading books like the E-Myth and stuff kind of drop, you know, drew me back towards the idea of entrepreneurship. And then uh, whenever I found found out about Drip Jobs and, you know, the Contractor Secrets podcast, uh, kind of opened my eyes to how important it is to hone in on one industry, one type of work. And uh, so I think, I think. That yeah. Yeah. And it's not cool. about prohibiting growth. It's just about creating uh like you know some momentum you know and it's hard to create like that's it's all about momentum man when it's when it's business it's like it's you know i i think of it as a living breathing organism that needs you know food water and shelter man and um right. when we find ourselves stretched thin you know it's just hard to develop momentum and in business momentum is developed through systems processes um you know rep rep uh, repetitive tasks getting you know improved upon um predictable results you know and and, and you know there's there it, what's interesting is like some people will want to do you know interior and exterior painting and cabinets well those need to be marketed to people two different ways but right. the way they see it it's just painting you know so it's like for me um you know early on you know when we look at somebody who's just getting ready to start identifying what you want to do is key so what have you thought of as as what your niche specific service would be I thought about doing starting off interior and exterior, um, leaving the cabinets out. Smart <laughs> cabinets, cabinets is, is its own business. It really is. Um, and, and you'll learn that, you know, I've even tried to, 
do it where I would fit it into my painting business. And uh, the process just takes longer. It's way more intricate. There's way more hurdles with, you know, managing people's kitchens, man. They can live without, you know, having, you know, being able to see outside their window because there's plastic on the window from the day before, but they can't live without their kitchen. So right. just, a, just a lot of things, man. You want to have a shop. You don't want to be spraying in their garage. So to do it the right way. Um, what is, uh, what is your plan? Tell me your plan. And I want to hear, you know, what your plan is and maybe I can, um, help see if there's any holes in there or, you know, further enhance your plan. Right. So I, I reached out to you, um, because right now I'm traveling for work and I've really enjoyed traveling, but I know that if I do want to start a business, I'm not going to be able to just be all over the road. I have to be a little bit hands-on with things. And um, the job I've already committed to six more months because um, we work project by project basis for the job I'm working at right now. So my plan is to, to carry out the next six months and to just save up as much money as I can and move to Northwest Arkansas, which is a place that I've been wanting to live. Um, I don't have a lot of connections there either. So that's another thing. Um, but I was planning on moving there and then, you know, buying a duplex or a house hack and then uh, starting my business, you know, going from there. Gotcha. How much money do you think you'd need to start a business? Um, I think. I, so I, when I messaged you, I said 50,000 because I, I set a goal to hit 25 this year and I hit that goal. And I think that I can manage to get to 50 before I go to start my new job. But I, I think starting a painting business, man, I think you could probably do it with five grand or so, you know, thousand, thousand bucks, man. Cause each job is going to, you know, you're, pro you're pretty much profitable from day one. You know, right. it's like, you're one of those things where like, as long as you, you know, sell a job, that job is going to pay for the expenses relating to that job onto the next one. So, you know, um, it's good to have back, you know, you know, that stuff is great. If you, hire quickly and get a team together and you want to make sure you can cover payroll and you kind right. of just go through the growing pains. Um, in terms of, in terms of traveling, um, you know, it's not impossible, you know, but you're, you're entering the wrong business. If traveling is, is, you know, your motivation, I think right. you can create a business. If I wanted to travel right now, dude, I could leave. No one would know I would be gone and they right. wouldn't care. My business would run the way it's running right now, dude, I could fly to California for a week and not tell anyone and nothing would change. Right. I built my, I built my business that way. We have, you know, everything I do is remote with customer communication, with employee communication, with checks and balances. And why am I able to do that? Because I've built really strong relationships with a few people that work for me, really strong relationships where they take ownership in my business in return for uh, better pay and they get the ability to be a leader. They get a, a management position, you know? Um, so, and some other perks, you know, so really it's in the first six to eight months of your business, it's really just about you finding, uh, someone that you can trust to watch your business while you're gone. If that's your goal to, to travel, you know, because right. the whole purpose of this is to build a business that you can eventually, allowed to make you money while you're doing other things. Like if that's not your goal, then you're always going to be kind of tied to the business. It has right. to be your goal, whether you care about that or not, it should be your goal. That's what you should aim for is a business that's independent of you actually doing stuff. 
Right. You know, that's sure. what you should shoot for. Now, again, some people, oh, I love being in business. I love doing estimates. I love painting. Great. But you should still focus on that because what that's going to do is it's going to allow you to create a system, you know, that is independent of you that could be sold to someone else in the event that that's what you want to do. Um, what are, what are your, what are your, what are your biggest, I'm not going to say fear, but I'm going to say fear. What are your biggest fears about? Cause this is your first business, I assume, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, do you have any fears, anything that you're worried about? I think two of the biggest fears would be one, getting myself into a situation where like, I'm all of my time is consumed by me being on the job and stuff. And then I think of another fear, like second biggest fear would probably be not being able to keep guys busy and keep them or have the money to pay on time whenever you're first starting out you know what i mean yeah so part of why you're saving money is to obviously fund the business right so like in the event that you need needed to pay payroll you're essentially taking a loan from what you saved up and you would so it's weird because you're the only person like you're you have to split your personality into two and be the owner of the business and then you have to be this and this lender investor who's going to get paid back you're just probably not going to pay yourself back interest but that would be the situation. So I think the idea of you not being able to pay, uh, you're in a much different situation than many people. If you have 25 right. grand, um, that's a good amount of money. Again, you're going to be profitable from the first job. Um, off the bat, you know, you do have the option of, of learning how to sell the jobs. So you would, you would market yourself as a painting business with you know, the branding, the logo. You would find leads. So you'd find people ready to buy a, a painting service or get an estimate for one you'd sell it. Now anyone can do those things. Okay. If you know, that requires like zero skill nowadays with Facebook, with Google. Uh, and yes, there are companies that specialize in it. I'm not saying that they're not skilled. It's just, they're great at getting you volume. You know, if you spent your whole day today in, inside of a local Facebook group messaging people, I guarantee you can convince somebody to let you give them an estimate because right. the market is that big. Okay. Right. Where the trick is, is being able to, to do that on a larger scale. I can't do that for me. That is just such a random approach. So I pay other individuals or companies or entities to do that for me, to bring me opportunities. Now, early on, the first thing you need to do, man, is understand that you have two options. You either start your business with subcontractors Okay. Which means you have no responsibility to them. Right. You have no tie to them whatsoever. You have no worry or concern about getting them 40 hours. You don't have work that week. Right. Great. They're on their own. They got to go find their own work. You get to go do what you want. Okay. Why is that? A, why is that a negative? Why do I think that that's not the route that you should go? Number one, they have no loyalty to silk painting. Okay. In the same way you have no loyalty to them. Is that correct? Right. Right. That's number one. That's hard because chances are you're going to want to create a good experience to your customer. You're going to want to give them the the show. And these guys are just coming in because that's the job of the week. And they're going to work for someone else just like you next week. You're just this guy who sold the job. Number two, they know that you're going to not know as much as they do. And they also have seen people like you. Chances are they're going to charge you a lot. Okay. As a business, you should be aiming for 50% gross profit. And that's just an average. When you work with a subcontractor, you're selling jobs for two businesses if they do it right. Right Right. now, that's another drawback is that you're going to do all this work to generate a job that maybe five grand, they're going to want 3,800 of it. And that doesn't include materials. You're going to make 500 bucks. 
but you're not doing anything, I guess. I mean, you could be okay with that. All right. So that's, that's that option there. Okay. Now you have an independent contractor, which is maybe one person, right? And you might be able to find a small job. You send one person to go do it and you build that relationship with that one person. Maybe you come up with a daily rate, an hourly rate. Um, is that a great experience for someone? Probably not. I mean, if I hired you to come paint my home and it was the full house and you sent one person to come do it, I'd be like kind of upset, right. to be honest. You know, I mean, I think that yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a poor experience, um, especially if you're going to want to charge a good amount of money for it. Um, you know, and I'm sure you would come in and help if needed, but it just, again, if your goal is, I'm just aligning this plan with your goal. You right. said that you want to go travel. You said you want to have some freedom. It's possible. Um, but those two options there are the short-term fix. You'll get freedom right away. Right. 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 All right. But the long-term fix is investing in employees, understanding that you need loyal individuals. Now the fear of not being able to keep uh, employees busy, busy. Uh, what is the, 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 what is the alternative Par paralysis by analysis? I mean, if that's the fear, then your only, your, your only option is to hire subcontractors or independent contractors, <clears throat> which I've pretty much described to you that that's a dead end early on. Now there's right. companies that are really successful who do that and they're successful because they have leverage. They're a huge marketing and sales company that has a network of subcontractors. Oh, you don't want this job for this amount? Okay, we'll find someone that does. They have just the network, right? So they right. have the leverage. Again, you're just you're just a sales company right now, okay? Right. You got to build a loyal team. So when you build a loyal team in the painting business, I truly believe that number one, although yes, you say you want to do interior and exterior painting, you've got to decide, do I want to take on one or two bedroom jobs? Do I want to take on full houses? Or exterior, do I just want to take on little trim work? Am I going to take on wood repair with these exteriors? Am I going to take on the full house? Am I going to add pressure washing to my services? Like, so these are some things that you should think about. And I think whenever you do this, I always think full house is what you should do. Majority of people want their full house painted when they hire someone. Um, and what that means is that you need at least three people, right? You know, including yourself, making it a team of four. And I think based off of what I heard from you is that you, you do like to work. You like to get, you, yeah. know, you don't mind, you don't yeah. mind getting dirty. What do you do now? Um, operate equipment for a pipeline company. Okay. So you can get gritty, you know, and that's, right, that's good. Sure. You know, you're not just like this sales guy who wants to just travel. Like, you know, you're a hustler, right. bro. So right. what, what, what I think is the vision should be, you know, six months in the grind. And the only reason you're doing that is to learn your team. You're learning the process. You're learning how to sell. You're learning what customers ask on the site. You're right. finding your leader. You're finding your manager. You're identifying patterns. You're looking at how long jobs are taking. You're looking at things that you could do better. You need to be in the kitchen. You right. know, you got to be in right. the kitchen, bro. You can't right. just start a restaurant and leave. You got to be in the kitchen. Gotcha. If you do that, okay, you've built loyalty. You've built trust and respect amongst your team. You have a great product now that you could sell confidently from a distance if you want. Right. And, and there you go, but you got to go the employee route, man. And that's what I preach because I went the subcontractor route early on in my business. And, uh, I ran into those things that I was telling you, uh, I was overpaying. There was no loyalty. I couldn't even tell them to go to work. I mean, you know, ultimately if they didn't show up that day, you know, how embarrassing that is. Right. Right. You know, what does that mean? They had more leverage over me than I did them. And I was the employer. How does that work? Right. You know? So, yeah. Any thoughts on uh, on that, man? I like it, man. I like it. You know, I, I kind of figured it was going to be something to where I would have to, you know, get down and dirty for a couple months and just 
get that foundation started. You know what I mean? That's what the word is right there. It's the foundation. Right. Right. You know, um, as far as, so what, what can be some of my first steps as far as like not being able to completely start the business yet, but you know, the things that I could be yeah. doing right now to get, to get ready. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's kind of cool. You don't really know where you're going to live. So I know that you want to move somewhere. I think that would right. be step one is identifying where you're going to live and what barriers of entry there are to operate in that area. That would be number one, right? So if you need a license to paint there, I wouldn't move there. I mean, that's right. the reality of the situation. If you have that sort of flexibility, go somewhere where the barrier to entry is low. I do like you moving into the South if you had to pick because you can't paint up right. North in the winter. I mean, I'm sure everybody would choose to be able to paint all year around. Um, I think what you should do is look up your local competitors in this area. I think it's super cool that you don't even know where you're going to live. Yeah, like that's yeah. pretty, that's pretty cool. Like you have a lot of leverage there. I mean, usually people right. start their businesses and they didn't get to choose where they start the business. They just, you right. know, so you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of time, bro, to sit there and think, where do I want right. to start my business and look up the local competition, see how many reviews they have, see what people are saying about the services. Then you can do market research. You should look up, um, Angie leads. They, uh, they can provide you with, uh, a report on how many requests come in for interior and exterior painting in that zip code. You know, right. I mean, I really think that it's worth it, you know, cause this yeah. is where you're going to grow your business. And then I would look up the really good companies in those areas and, you know, look at their websites, see how they're coming across their customers and don't get intimidated either. Don't think that like, you know, I used to, I used to get intimidated. I used to look at companies here near me uh, and in Tampa. And I think, man, these guys got it all together. Right. Uh, and this was early on. And I'd be like, man, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. You know, these guys had professional videographers filming them. Like, right. I'm like, man, that I don't see myself getting to that point. And, uh, at this point I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly, you know, capable of competing and probably beating them, you know, right. because people, people in this industry are, are buying you, you know, it's not like this. You're not going to be a big corporation. Chances are, you're probably going to talk to every person that, you know, hires you. So you're unique. Um, you show that you care more than everyone else and you're going to, you know, find that you'll be favored, you know? Um, so with that being said, foundationally, you want to get your branding squared away, logo, website, Google listing. You can start generating reviews. I think even though you're starting in six months, Hey, get that website up because that'll get you a little higher of a ranking. It'll create some domain authority on Google. Um, get that Facebook page set up. Um, maybe even start blogging a little bit just to get some content on there. Uh, Instagram, but really it all starts where you decide to, uh, right. to move, you know, right. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, you know, so, um, you know, just getting that foundation, right. And then understanding the dynamics of lead generation, you know, um, really you got to really have a good understanding of like, okay, in order to sell X amount of money, I need X amount of opportunity in order to get X amount of opportunity. I've got to do X, X could be a mix between organic and paid in the beginning forget organic. It's not coming unless you organically go and find it, which is way more time than you have. So you have to pay for it. So be comfortable saying, okay. And this is what I used to do. I used to just write numbers down and say, okay, I'm going to spend $1,000 on marketing on my first month. And that should generate me 10 leads. That means that I need to convert those leads into sales. And those sales should equate to this. Um, just something as simple as that, man. And then now you're getting in a position where hopefully you're getting closer to that time period. And then it comes down to hiring. And I think that you shouldn't start a job unless you have one employee. You know, if you start, let me put it this way. If you start doing a job by yourself, you're, you didn't do it right. Right. You yeah. know, cause you got the money. Hopefully up until that point, we say six months, 
Yeah. You got the mindset and the time to mm -hmm. craft this. What I would think that you should start thinking of, imagine that you're getting ready to take a franchise into wherever city you're going in. Right. right? Keep that mindset is that you're getting ready to bring a franchise into Arkansas. Okay. Right. And if you were a franchise, if let's say I was your franchise owner and you licensed the franchise for me, you wouldn't go into that town with no vision or goal or, you know, right. You know, of, of how many employees you should hit, you know, what revenue you should hit for the year, uh, what marketing channels you're going to need a local assessment of, you know, median income. I mean, these are some things that, again, you are at a strategic advantage here, pretty much being able to throw a dart at a dartboard and move wherever you want. Um, so, you know, totally think about that, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Cool. You know, so what, uh, any, any other questions in terms of like sales? Like, are you, uh, do you have, have you ever any sales experience? Yeah, man. So, uh, last summer I actually went door to door selling ADT and, I read the seller be sold by Grant Cardone. And honestly, man, like I love doing the sales and learning about sales, but that particular job like was terrible because we were basically going in and lying to people, you know what I'm saying? And it was super aggressive. So um, I think <clears throat> learning, starting off in sales like that, like it gave me this aggressive mindset, you know? So I think I need to spend some time learning how to, yeah, I sold, uh, I sold cars and I sold life insurance. Those are yeah. two very aggressive sales. Um, what you'll find in this industry is that people actually want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> They're very excited about what it is that you offer. Um, you can use maybe 10% of that aggression in a good way. Like I do. I mean, if you would have saw me in the car dealership, dude, I had to be a shark because I'm going to get eaten in myself if I don't sell so, you know, um, that 10% aggression should give you that nudge to be able to learn to actually close the deal on the spot. And that's something that right. I teach. I'm really passionate about the industry needs, um, salespeople in this industry to move the needle, man. And that's what you got to see it as. It's a good thing because they want the job done. As long as you have integrity, knowing that you're going to do a great job, all it comes down to is you being uh, a good enough salesperson to persuade them to choose you over the other person, which they're going to do, but chances are better than none that, uh, you know, whoever they hire, isn't going to provide a better customer service experience than you. You're here trying to get coaching right. on how to be a better business owner. There's not many people that do that. So for you, the way I see it is you've got to understand that right off the bat, you coming in with that sort of mindset is already going to say, Hey, you're better than the competition. If you don't hire me, there's a good chance that you're going to get somebody who doesn't care as much as I do. That's the mindset right. I have whenever right. I sell reality. Of the situation is you're going to spend money. You right. want this done. It needs to be done. You're going to get a couple more estimates. Chances are though, no one is going to care more than me. And, and really the only thing you need to do is actually care. <laughs> like you got to right. really care, like, you know, like, you know, with you selling your AT&T services, you didn't fulfill, you just sold when you're a business owner, you fulfill and you sell, <laughs> you right. know, so you get to right. see both ends. It was out of your control, wasn't it? So, yeah. you know, and that's what the hard part about those sales jobs is, is that yeah. chances are you, you know, it's the same thing with me. I would do the life insurance. I never serviced it. I would sell the car. And if something happened with the car, I didn't deal with it, you right. know, yeah. you know, but when you own a business, 
you've got to talk to talk and then walk to walk at the same time. <laughs> so, you can stand behind a product that stand behind know. it, but you're creating right. the product. That's the right. thing you exactly. have. So that's why when it comes to your hiring, whatever you're, you're hiring is the product. You're not, the painting isn't the product, bro. Don't get it twisted. Right. Okay. That's a big misconception. People think the painting is the product. Nope. It's the hiring. It's the quality of which the painting is being done. Okay. That is what, that is the product that you offer to the marketplace. So the better you get at hiring, acquiring, and cultivating leadership, those are your three things you have to hire. And that means really hiring means giving someone an opportunity. Acquiring means allowing them to stay within the opportunity. So that means keeping good help. In my opinion, that means, you know, you found someone really good providing an environment where someone really good would want to stay. And that is usually an environment of growth and teamwork. Okay. Right. That's why I say it's good to have four people. Is four people more expensive than two? Yeah. Could three people probably get it done in the same amount of time? Yeah. But I don't care about those things. I care about a team environment. Right. I care about leadership. I want someone leading three rather than leading two. I want somebody leading, you know, leading a team rather than a couple guys. It's just right. a different mindset. So, and then the last part is cultivating the leadership, which is being able to develop your own leaders from within. Yes. You can bring someone in and say, Hey, do you have management experience? You know, great. Okay. Well, you know, I'm looking for a manager. No, I want somebody that is so invested in our company because I, I taught them how to be a manager. I gave them their first opportunity as a manager and you know, they take that and go somewhere else with it. That's great. But if I just focus on that, I'll never be short of leadership. And that is what will free you, my friend. And that is why I'm able to sit here and have a peaceful conversation with you at 1230 on a Friday with three jobs running right now. And has my phone rang once? No. Not once. Okay. That's how you do it, bro. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Yeah, so I hope that that helped. A lot, man. A lot. And your podcast, yeah. dude, I love listening to your podcast, man. I mean, there's so many different questions I have, like, as far as the technical stuff got, goes, yeah, you know. What do you got? Come on. Um, I got a couple more minutes. Anything, anything stand out? I don't mind. Well, um. I guess one that came to mind while we we're talking. So me being 25, like I kind of have this reservation as if I would hire to were to hire an experienced painter, a guy that I would think, you know, maybe to bring at, in or at, build yeah. as a manager. Like, okay. do you think it would be it's going to be hard to earn that respect of older guys? You know what I mean? Um, you know, really, it, it really just depends. I think I'm still the youngest guy in my company. Yeah. Um, wait, I think no, I'm the second youngest in my own company. Um, I've always right. been that way. Even, even, you know, um, respect is reciprocated. You know, there's two types of, you know, people, man, if you're young and you have a, a pompous attitude, um, that means you don't have confidence in yourself. And I think you come across as someone with confidence. And I think that, um, people feel that man age no longer matters. If you can treat someone with respect, regardless of their age. Right. Um, right. so it doesn't really matter. Whatever you put out to someone is what you're going to get back. And if you don't get that back in return, then that's a clear indication that that person shouldn't be working with you. You know what right. I'm saying? That shouldn't right. really be a thought because the right person will hear what your vision is. The right person will understand that you're willing to do what it takes to build something special. There's not many people bringing energy into this industry, brother. Right. If you find yeah. someone with 20 years of experience, he's seen it all, man. He's probably worked for the worst of the worst. He right. probably worked for people that broke their promises and he's just really good at painting. But if you bring energy to that situation and frame it in a way that you're grateful for him to be a part of what you're building, not the other way around. 
And that's the way I frame it with my potential employees is that I'm grateful for them to want to work with me. There's so many places they could work and so many things that they could do and they choose to help me, but my dream, right? I'm grateful. I'm right. grateful. You know? So for me, it's like, you know, when you find that right person, which you will, you know, it's about creating something different, man. And, and saying, Hey, and being direct saying, Hey, I want to build something special here. I want a business that we can be proud of. And I'm trying to cultivate you into a leader and I'm trying to get you people underneath you that you can help learn how to paint and you could be that person of trust, you know, but here's the thing. Very, very important topic right here, man. Never over promise. Okay. In the beginning, so many people, Hey, I'm going to get you, I'm going to get you a truck. I'm going to make sure you're a supervisor in one year of three crews. I'm going to make sure you have your own location one day, you know, like they, they make these promises, bro, just all your promises right now is growth and making sure that they can feed their family. That's it. Right. If something comes up where you're able to only make it a surprise and, and that's actually better than a promise. Don't promise more money. Don't promise raises. Don't promise benefits unless you know, you can deliver it dude. because your credibility will sink. So when it says, right. you know, will I earn the respect of other people? The way, the quickest way to lose respect is to break your promises. Right. You know, don't, don't yeah. do that. So, you know, you, yeah, but you're, you know, I think it's fine to find a veteran. I think you guys can balance each other's strengths, you know, right. for sure. You know, do I don't know how to code or, or develop software. You know, I might have to find an older guy who knows how to code and develop software. You know, right. I'm just good at, I'm just good at marketing it and selling it. Like that's my strength in the same way with painting, dude, I'm a horrible painter. <laughs> Horrible, bro. I just don't have the patience. My mind right. works too fast, dude. As I'm painting, I'm yeah. thinking everything I have to do. It's just my skills and natural talents are not painting. I had to find someone who was way better th at painting than me, but we compliment each other because they don't know how to sell. Right, right. You see? Yeah, so. yeah. awesome. Man. So, but that doesn't mean you have to offer like a partnership. That doesn't mean you have to offer equity or profit. You just have to make sure they're getting paid well. And usually they're going to be okay with that. You know, you, and, you know, and at some point, if they stick with you long enough, maybe even a salary. You know, that's not a bad idea as well. Now, are you like comfortable with like employer taxes, like insurances and all that stuff? You want to hit on that for a sec? Man, so as far as like the technical stuff that goes, I just kind of look at it as this big complex thing. And I was just planning on it is. doing one little thing at a time and just figuring mm -hmm. it out as I go. That's, yeah, I mean, that that's the sure way to never getting around to it. And the problem is, is, you know, you'll start your business. And if you don't have that in place, uh, it'll start off like, all right, man, well, I'm just going to write you a check at the end of the week. And then you get mm -hmm. comfortable doing that. And you just start writing checks right. every week. And then guess what? He's got a 1099 for 12 grand already three months in where he hadn't paid $1 in tax. And then you're guilty because right. you know that that's not the right way to do stuff. And who wants to work for someone like that, man? You know, especially somebody who has a family that maybe wants to advance their life and get a new house or a car. They need taxes taken out. You've got to be a steward of really how their money is, you know, managed. Unfortunately, that's usually how it has to be because they're not going to stop you and say, Hey man, you're going to take taxes out of this thing. You know, right. uh, it's usually not how it works. So for me, uh, it was really confusing as well. Typically you need general liability insurance, which is the covers the physical damage. So if you get overspray on someone's roof or overspray on a car or, you know, someone punches a, a window because they fell off a ladder. I don't know. It covers that. Okay. So that's usually pretty cheap. It's usually around a hundred bucks. Workers comp is the big boy. Okay. Workers comp is the, the mammoth of, of insurance where it's a, it's, it's proportional. So in other words, the more you pay, 
in labor, the more you got to pay in workers' comp. Okay. Now, workers' comp protects you in the event someone gets hurt. It it covers their medical bills. It covers, uh, you know, I guess financial loss or whatever their lawyer wants to sue you for. Okay. So if you get sued and you don't have workers' comp, and I don't know if you what state protection is, but I, they can come after your personal assets and you're screwed. So that's a non-negotiable for me. It's just part of the game, working into your pricing, you know, workers comp. Um, so workers comp is usually about, depends on where you live. It's usually eight to tw- eight to 20% goes up pretty high. So if you spend, if you pay a hundred bucks or let's say a thousand bucks a week, give someone a thousand bucks workers comp at 10%, that's an extra hundred that goes to workers comp. Okay. And that's called pay as you go. All right. So that means like you just pay every week or whenever that payroll comes. Um, And then you have employer taxes. So if you look at your paycheck right now, you have uh, federal tax, you have state tax. And then, you know, those are the two that you would pay Medicare, right? Those three. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, as an employer, you've got to match the federal and the state tax. You don't match Medicare. You match the federal and the state tax. So if they pay, if you pay, if I, if you have to pay a hundred bucks, I got to pay another hundred just to cover that's how that's how it works okay so you might be thinking dude how am i who do i pay how am i going to calculate all this stuff right is that probably what's coming through the head yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> like i don't i don't, think, I don't yeah. even know what to do that's what i that's what i thought i didn't know what to right. do so um they have these payroll administration services right so essentially like they make it so easy initially i had a company that i would just send them the hours that my guys worked and they did it for me they would cut the check to them and that was great, but it was kind of weird because I like emailed them the hours. I'd be like, Joe, four, uh, you know, Tom, right. 20, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird. So, and it was like 400 bucks a month, dude. I'm like, you know, it's kind of crazy just for them to cut the check, you know, but they facilitate the workers comp. So what they do is they have a workers comp company inside of that payroll administration because it's proportional. So if they see what the payroll is, then they take an additional amount for that workers comp and pay the workers comp. And then of course they pay the taxes on your behalf. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. that was easy, right? I just, Hey, these guys work this many hours and you guys take the money out of my bank account. And that was it. And then they send you quarterly reports and they send uh, direct deposit to the guys. But then there's a company called Gusto and I'm waiting for them to sponsor me because I mentioned them so many times. On the yeah. Podcast, I've heard you. But, yeah. Uh, Gusto is just a self-serve option. So the initial setup's kind of difficult. You know, you got to put in all your information, all the legal stuff. Once that's out of the way, then I'm doing what I was doing. Um, I'm just putting in the hours, hitting submit, hitting submit again to review all the taxes. Boom, gone. Does the same thing for a fraction of the price. Like for you, it'd be like 30 bucks a month. Um, And it's brilliant. I mean, so what it does, it just takes the money out of your account. So that's like, that's called outsourcing, bro. That's called spending money on things that you don't understand. And I recommend the same thing with an accountant and a bookkeeper. Do you know the difference between the two? I don't. Okay. A bookkeeper uh, is somebody who categorizes your expenses. So for example, um, you know, one of the things you're going to want to do is set up a business bank account. Reason why you want to do that is because you want to make sure that you can write off um, expenses. So right now as an employee, you don't have the luxury to write off expenses. That's not what an employee gets to do, but as a business you do. So that's why we want to keep our expenses separate. So when you start your painting business, you're going to fund that business for 5,000, put five grand in there, fund the business. That's, you know, you know, a good startup fund. And what you're going to do is anything you spend on the business, company shirts, business cards, branding, logos. That's why it would be important to do this now. So you can start logging those expenses because you're going to show a loss 
for about six months, but that's good right. because it's all going to get wrote off. If you do this now out of your personal bank account, you don't get that luxury. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's important yeah. to form all that, then buy your logo, then buy your t-shirts and then get your business cards and all that stuff, put it under your business. So a bookkeeper, their main job is to categorize your expenses. So what they do is they get access to your bank account. And essentially from there, they, they move the expenses into buckets. Okay. So when your taxes are due at the end of the year, uh, they're able to take that information and put them in the right categories uh, for, you know, does that make sense? But just to go back to the book, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so just to go back to the bookkeeper. So what they're doing is they're just categorizing expenses. And then what they do is they give that to the accountant, okay? Like, so they're two different things. The accountant is the one who actually puts together your taxes, okay? Now, you have two different taxes if you start a business. You have the business tax, and then you got your personal tax, and that money will usually flow through your personal tax if you do an S corporation. Okay. I recommend doing an S corp if you get asked. So okay. look for, look for that. Okay. Oh, did that give you some clarity? So those are the two things that I would, I would outsource is your accounting and bookkeeping. There's firms that do both. Okay. So you want to find one that does both. Don't be afraid to spend 300 bucks a month on that. That's, that's a good investment. And, uh, and your payroll, which we discussed, Gusto is probably the best option. Right. So you're looking for local, a local bookkeeper, a local accountant. Yeah. 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 Go local with that. So you can visit the office and like, you know, you could, right. I mean, yeah, you could do it remotely, but you want to find someone local. Right. Cool, man. Yeah. It kind of gives me confidence too. Like it's really a cool time that we live in, like having all these different techno technological advances yeah. like Gusto, you know? So, cause yeah. I'm not, well, a, people, I'm you heard of QuickBooks, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, people try to do it themselves. Right. But like the thing about it is you didn't go to accounting school. I didn't go exactly, to accounting school right. and it's always changing. So right. it's like, unless you're really like staying up to date on changing taxes, it's just something you don't want to mess with. And the hours that you're going to spend doing your own payroll, you know, people try to do their own payroll where they will have to write, they will have to calculate the taxes, write checks to all these entities. Like, dude, you could make a major mistake that could cost you thousands of dollars, pay someone to do it. Right. You know, yeah. so you can go sell more paint jobs. Exactly. You know? Right. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, man. So I, I'd love to hear from you in uh, six months, man. You yeah. Know? So uh, if you want to hit me up again or even along the way, message me, man, if you have any questions, you know. For sure. I appreciate it. So do you yeah. have like a do you have like a uh, program or like a course or something that kind of. I have a sales course and a hiring course. Yeah, you can. Um, if you go to dripjobs.com, there's a uh, education section on there and you'll see the courses okay. there. Yeah, awesome. grab those. Yeah. yeah, they're good, man. It's just a hiring course in the sales course right now. Um, but that's really what you need, man. So it keeps it right. simple. Yeah. yeah. Cool, awesome. bro. Was hey, this helpful? I appreciate it oh, so much, man. Now I have yeah, kind of like good luck, man. what I need. Yeah, to you got stuff. this. Yeah, just yeah. good. I can't wait to find out where you where you move, man. Yeah. Pick a good pick a good place, man. Sure. Awesome, man. Thank All right, you so bro. Much, Mate, man. find a place with stucco on the side. Look up stucco if you don't know. You know what stucco is, yeah, right? Yeah, I know what stucco is, yeah. Yeah, try a place. Try, find a place with stucco. You'll never be out of work. Yeah, okay. That stuff always awesome, needs to be painted. See you, man. All right. Take care. Bye. Drip Jobs CRM is finally here. That's right. So Drip Jobs is an automation platform for contractors, home service professionals that's going to automatically follow up with your customers it's going to allow you to send invoices, estimates. It's going to allow you to send out blast marketing emails to individuals based on where they are in the buying process. This software is next level. 
and I'm reaching out to you. You're a listener of this podcast, and I want you to be one of the first ones to give it a shot. So if you want to see what Drip Jobs can do for your business, I'd love for you to head over to dripjobs.com, sign up for a free demo, and get your team involved, and let us sit with you and show you how powerful this software is. It's going to save you time. It's going to make you money, and you're going to love the features that are built into Drip Jobs. So if you want to check it out, head over to dripjobs.com, and we will give you first priority being a podcast listener uh, to be one of the very first to try out Drip Jobs in your home service business. I'm super excited to share that with you, and I'll catch you on the next episode.